voices is going. Ah, gather round, gather round, gather round. Welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. This is E5 Bayo. Grab a seat, cop a squat, get your chair, get some tea, some juice, some water. Shit, it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. My voice is going because I just got back home. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, what happens when you talk and you are running and ripping and, you know, you're trying to do everything and to get things prepared. I learned some beautiful lessons while I was going. I came to New York. It was a spur of the moment. I had something I had to start and do. And while I was there, I got to sit with family, blood family, my brothers, spoke to my sister, chilled with my cousin, and I got to learn, see, and I will say I grew, I matured, right? I, um, I learned, the first lesson I learned is as long as you're doing for people and you don't set healthy boundaries, people will use you. And you allow it, right? You allow it. I learned that faith without works is dead. You can believe, you know, within the, the, the very morrows in your bone that this will take place. But you have to believe it, but you got to work on it too. God, I believe in you. Reach, I believe in you. Echo, and I believe in you. But you just can't sit there and watch Netflix and chill saying, okay, they're going to do it. No, you got to walk into it like it's already there. Now, there's no time frame. It can take you a year, two years, three years, eight years. But you got to put the work in. And it got to be consistent. So I knew that, you know how you want something so bad. You want it so much. You want it more than breathing. But you never gave up. Even when you hit brick walls, you either go around it, go over it, go through it, go on top of it. However, but you don't sit there and cry and bang your head. It's always something. It's always something. It's always something. I learned to rely on spirit, rely on your ego or whatever name or, or entity that guides you. I learned to rely on them. I learned that what people place in front of you or here on social media, how everybody have it all together is a crock of shit. <laughs> no one likes to air their dirty laundry. Because they think it's a sign of weakness or somebody's quick to be in somebody's inbox. Yeah, the work I did, it's, it's manifesting. I said they're going to lose everything. No, it's the choices and the bad choices that someone made. They get sick because if you're in the shower, you rush out, you're not properly dry. Then that cold air, getting your pores, you're going to catch the flu. You're going to catch a cold. Relationships sucked. You knew you weren't supposed to be with them. So you wind up breaking up. You somewhere along the line, somebody bust you in the head, and now you see this nigga, oh, this girl ain't for me. They're using me. So you move on. Oh, I did voodoo. That's why they broke up. 
No, it wasn't right. That's why they broke up. But see, people will perceive that they know everything. They got it all in the bag. Everybody jealous of them, all of that. In reality, they miserable. They just don't want to share that. They don't want to own that. People don't want to take accountability for their life. So, okay. (laughs) But they put it on social media. Now, I remember... Chick I know, Karen Curry. I'll tell you, I like to say names. Online, she lived, you would think she lives a beautiful life. She lives in a mansion. She has a man that loves her. A beautiful life. She's always traveling. Oh, man, that's beautiful. In reality, she lives in a basement. She sits there with the milk carton, taking pictures. Because the milk carton handle looks like an airplane window. Be outside in the backyard, throwing up little things here and there from the 99 cent store. You would think she's all over the place. She's in Dubai. She's here. She never left her backyard. But if you don't know that, you will try to mimic your life behind that. Oh, well, she's traveling. I know I can travel. The competition, all of that. When she ain't going nowhere, she ain't got two nickels to rub together. I laugh when people, when I talk to people and they go, yeah, you see such and such, they live. You can't compete with a scammer, a thief. You can't compete with a liar. You're going to lose. You're going to be like them. They don't even have that. They ain't never go nowhere. Flying to Florida. Listen, y'all, let me give y'all a wake-up call. Flying to Florida is not traveling at all. Flying to Georgia is not traveling. You drive there. Go across the water. Do that. Impress me. Go to the libraries. Do, do something out of the ordinary. Challenge yourself. Do that. But just going to Florida or going to, to Atlanta, okay, I done been to both. All right. Okay. Going to Vegas. Go go somewhere. You know, but don't make a, oh, I don't catch feelings. I take flights to where? To where? It, it amazes me. So I learned over these five days that folks will talk trash about you and drag you. That saying is true. I learned that over these five days. The very folks that dog you out, the very folks that want to talk about you, that want to uh, publicly embarrass you and humil- humiliate you, their lives is shit. Shit. Their lives are shit. But we are so caught up in, oh, I can't believe they would say that. But when you sit back and you wait, Because see, God, spirit, whatever you want to label, will remove that curtain so you can see. I was told, how can you teach? You don't know nothing. Oh, she don't know anything. She doesn't know nothing. So then show me what you got. So I didn't indulge. But then the truth of the matter. If I build a house, I have to build it on brick because I want a stern foundation. 
You don't build the house from the roof down. You build it from the floor up. That foundation has to be strong. That foundation should be built on trust, honesty, communication, truth, consistency, discipline. It has to be built that way. See, I remember sitting with my ex-husband. We was watching him build the house. It was over going toward Cambridge Heights. They broke the whole thing down, right? Broke everything down. And I'm sitting there, so I'm, you know, because I never built a house. So I'm sitting there, and now you're seeing it. I'm seeing it. We were in uh, the restaurant, and we're watching this. We had a beautiful seat where we could see it. So I asked him, why are they tearing it down? He said, well, they got to tear all that down because they have to rebuild it. So whatever the reason why they tear it down, maybe, you know, it's not. See, it's different when you want to add on a room. That's a different whole conversation. They wanted a whole new house. So he said it's different, right? I said, well, I would assume because it was all concrete, right? When they first tore it down. He said, well, maybe when they rebuilding it, they want a basement, right? And I said, well, what they got to do? He said, well, first they got to dig. But before they do that, they have to make sure that there's no pipes and no no things that will block or hurt the block, the the area that's surrounding the house. So they have to dig down there. And they got to dig through that cement and make sure that the dirt is sustainable. They put the beams and stuff. And he said, you see that beam right there? I said, yeah. He said, that's the beam that holds everything. Right. That's the beam that makes that's the main beam. That's what we're going to call it because he had called it a word. But, you know, so I'm watching them. They digged in the ground. So he said everything is good. They they got the they got the gold. They got the green light. So you saw them, you know, carving it out. And then. So I watched the main part. Right. So they carved it out. You saw them dig in with the big yellow truck, like with the spoon. That's what I call it. He had a name for it. But I'm telling you, the big yellow truck with the big spoon. They dig in the dirt and pull it out. Okay. I said, well, why are they not putting all the dirt in the truck? He said, because they're going to need some of it. I said, oh, okay, okay. So that's beautiful. So, right, so now I'm I'm putting it in so I can relate it to the conversation. So usually they was digging it out and they put it in that big, truck and it was putting the dirt in it. But then I noticed the man was digging and the deeper that he dig, that's that red dirt. And I said, oh, I want some of that. He said, well, they, you know, we watching until the end. Maybe we'll go and get some. But we never went and got none. So he digged it out and he was putting that rich soil, not the top one. They was digging. And he put that rich soil, he put that to the side. Now for us, that rich soil, we use it to clean our skin. And baby, it makes your skin feel good, look good, right? So he was digging, I'ma say in the center, right? So they was had the machine doing the cement. So I said, they're gonna cement the whole thing. He said, watch, just watch. So I seen where, you know, they expanded it and it looked like it was a room, right? But it wasn't. I said, okay. He said, that's the foundation. So I'm assuming that that foundation was the concrete, but it wasn't. So they, they put that there, and then they started 
while that was in the hole and dry or whatever, they started building around it at the top. They was placing the boards down. And I said, well, what's that? You know, he said, now they're building the foundation that's going to stand up for that one, for the hole in the bottom. I said, okay, okay. All right. Then I noticed the dirt that he kept. They mixed it with the sand, that big old round tube that they were spending and the water and all of that, right? The mixer, what I'm going to call it. And they used some of that dirt with the sand. I said, okay, that's interesting. I said, so why are they using that? He said, the structure. He said, that's the structure. That's going to be the floor, the main part. So I said, oh, wow. I said, that's kind of cool because, you know, the core of this house is still a part of this new house. It's, it may be a new building, but it's an old soul, right? So I said, oh, okay, I can get with that. I can get with that. So as they was building, you know, they were, they were the, I guess the person that was the owner of the house was standing with the foreman and they came in the restaurant to get something to eat and, you know, they were sitting in there. And part of me wanted to talk to them and be like, you know, why are you, first of all, I'm looking at how this house is, you know, the foundation. Why you want to build this over in South Jamaica, you know, is beyond me. But hey, we all got our reasons. And the strip that you're building it on, next to a school, okay. But this is going to be a beautiful house surrounded around all these little ugly houses. So my ex-husband said something that was amazing. He said, I guarantee you, when this house get built, all of the surrounding houses are going to start changing. Either people are going to buy it up or people are going to start investing. All you need is one to make that difference, and it becomes like a chain reaction, a domino effect, so to say. And so, you know, we left. A few weeks later, you saw the frame of the house, the bars, the the, the metal, all of that, you know, and he was like, yeah, now they're getting to the soul, the bones of the house, you know. But what was funny and amazing the house next door on the left side and the house next door on the right side. They had new windows, new doors. One of them put up an extra new fence. Um, it was in the summer. So who the house on the left was planting flowers and stuff. You know, and he said, I told you. He said, now watch. All of this area is going to start changing. All because of this one house. Every house around or every building, every establishment it's going to change. It's going to, it, you know, it's like like a domino effect. And I said, wow, that's amazing, you know. So over this five days, I remember that story. Over this five days, that was known, right? I'm not a bully. I'm not a thug. You know what I'm saying? I ain't run around and had, but I can hold my own. But, you know, everybody is the reaction. You know, you, you, if there's two people and you're having a disagreement and one of y'all become very aggressive, then the other one becomes aggressive because it becomes survival of the fittest, right? Self-preservation is real. But I noticed that whenever someone became aggressive, I still kept that, keep it calm, hold your head, relax, 
you know, hold your peace, set your boundaries. And it became like a domino effect. I'll give you an example. Me, my cousin, and my brother was eating. And, you know, the conversation was getting a little too much. And I was like, okay, at the end of the day, what's the solution? And they weren't used to hearing that. So it was, oh, shit. You know, now it's something to think about. And then we we walked down. We was talking of all the areas we grew up in and everything. And I ran into my god brother. His crown is going to be about to lie. And, you know, we introduced, we said our greetings and everything. And we walked off. And my cousin was like, you know, wow, you changed. My brother, you know, he was like, yeah, my little sister done grew up. So everywhere we went, it was a, a, a very calm, relaxing time. So then we went, I went and got my nails done, right? And then I went and saw a friend of mine. We all in, shout out to them. And my brother came in. And I love Chris and them for this. Man, blessings to them. May they made a their establishment, their company, their brand just grow, right? And I love supporting black businesses. So they're on Jamaica Avenue, right? We all in. So I went in there and I brought Didi a sweatsuit. Um and my brother came in with my cousin. I was like, yo, this is where we at. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't buy nothing in here. Like, nah. And I'm looking at my brother like, I, I can't even argue with you because you, you don't even have a social media. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you stuck in your way. All right. So then I said, hey, pick out a shirt. You know, I got you. I don't wear nothing in here until you saw the price. Oh, 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 oh. Because my brother used to pay in three or $4 shirts. So the price. I said, pick, you know. So Chris was like, okay. Right. But they didn't take offense to that. So we brought the shirt and he was like, yeah, you know, I never heard. I said, nah, they, you know, they're known. Like he started from the basement of selling shirts and going to different stores, the coastline to now, you know, they in videos. They did interviews at the radio station. Like they're all in different stores. I'm really proud of their grow up. Right. Their come up. Consistency works. Oh, oh, word. I said. Every video you see damn near, you see a we all in shirt. Like all the stars be there. You got a beautiful grand opening. But it was snowing, so I couldn't come down. Of course, I would have been there. So when he was walking, right, me just telling him, oh, okay, okay. When he was walking, now he's seeing all the jackets and everything we all in. He was like, oh, so yeah, this is supposed to be a good brand. This is supposed to be. So my cousin looked was like, oh, okay, okay. So then I'm like, wow. I'm happy for the growth in myself. So we wind up, you know, my brother went back to the Bronx. So my cousin hanged out with me for a little bit until my son came. And then they he showed him where to go. Now, my cousin, this is his first time in 40-something years being in New York. He's from Aitman, Louisiana. So sometimes we forget, right? And this is where I learned accountability and being an adult and knowing when you're wrong. 
So we're both telling him how to get to the Bronx. Oh, you take the this train uptown, you go here. You know, when we talk, we sound like, you know, we yelling at people, but it's just the way we talk. So, and it's, it's no offense. So my son said, y'all do know he's never been up here. There's no mass transit in Louisiana. It's Cajun. It's the bayou, bro. It's driving. It's not even a bus out there. You got to drive or you're walking. So here it is. He's in a big city where it's mass transit, uptown, downtown. He doesn't know that. Remember when y'all came and was in the city and y'all had to learn how to get around. So you have to show him and talk to him so he can understand. So he downloaded the app of how, you know, the trains and stuff and how to walk, you know, go left, go right. So I'm thinking, I'm like, damn, that's right. That's right. To be corrected, not embarrassed, but be corrected. So I called my cousin. I said, listen, I'm the first one to apologize, especially when I'm wrong. I said, you're right. You've never been in this city, right? And the last time you were here, you were three years old. You're 40-something years old. It's been 40-something years since you've been in New York. I can't just automatically think you're going to get it. I can't. And I apologize, but wherever you go or however, keep your phone fully charged and call one of us so we can walk you through it or go to someone that is in a uniform and ask or go to the little booth with the glass. This right here. So I showed them. I said, you ask them and they'll guide and direct you. Okay. I said, but I apologize. We're here. He said, no, because it's okay. No, it's not okay. You know, I'm letting you know that I can't talk to you like I'm talking to someone that lived in New York for years or they already know. No, baby, that's not how this work. You know, you got you. You're going to learn up, down, downtown, uh, southeast. That's the east side. That's the west side. And it's going to come with trial and error. I just don't want you because you're a black man. I don't want you to get somewhere in the wrong place and you get hurt. So. You know, we, we have to make sure you check the signs, you see, you pull it up on the app and it'll let you know right where you are. So, but keep your phone always on charge fully. He said, okay, okay, okay. So I learned that over the five days. I learned forgiveness, not for the person, but for myself. I learned that material things come and go. Memories last forever. I learned that to follow your first mind and it won't lead you wrong. I learned that people would rather see the bad in you and hope for the bad before they see anything good in you. I've learned that honesty and communication is amazing when it's amongst two adults. Right? That are healing or trying to heal. You can't have a conversation with someone that still wants to live in mess. It won't come across. So I stayed in a hotel on Jamaica Avenue, one of the new hotels they opened. Cool hotel. They party like a motherfucker every night. So if you're looking for a hotel where you know you ain't going to get no sleep, 
Jamaica Avenue, the new ones, because they party like rock stars until. So I assume that uh, from the hours of 10, when the night staff go and the overnight clerk is there, because he ain't going to leave that box for safety reasons, first and foremost, till 6 in the morning before the staff come in, they party all night. And I'm talking about all goddamn night. So, if you were looking for a hotel where you think you're going to get peace and quiet, nothing on Jamaica Avenue is going to help you. I'm not going to lie. But I, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It was the last spur of the moment. You know, I didn't know this was all the holiday weekend and spring break and all of that. Didn't know that. But, you know, you live and learn. My kids are grown. I don't need to know about spring break. So, live and learn. Um, but it was convenient with everything. So, I was really happy about that. Um, I learned never judge a book by its cover. I learned to sit with your elders. Don't, don't wander. Sit with your elders and learn. See, knowledge is key. And the more you learn, the less people can get over on you. That is fact. I learned... And this is all over these five days. Each day, it was either one or two lessons that I learned. And I'm forever grateful for it. And it was all in the confines of me just being around my family. I learned that the world doesn't revolve around you. If you die today or tomorrow, the sun's still going to shine and set. Nothing stops. Make the most of your life today. I learned that people will count your pockets, especially your family. Money, you know when the pastors say money is the root of all evil. Nah, money ain't got nothing to do with it. Thirsty broke people. Or people that only think you owe them something. Or them them takers, so to speak. They don't have a problem with that. I learned that there's some good people in the world. Honest, good, straightforward. But we don't focus on them. We focus on the ugly and the bad. We focus on that. I was in uh, the uh, Apple Store on Queens Boulevard. And, you know, people would judge you by your looks, your appearance. So I was trying to ask the guard, you know, security guard in there, how can I get service, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something. I do know this. People will judge you by the way you look. And without them understanding, right? <laughs> so let me, let me share this with you real quick. We go in the Apple store. I got on a head wrap. Matter of fact, yeah, I had on a head wrap. You know, I'm dressed decent. And my son has his, you know, his hat on, jacket. Okay. I walk up to the security. I said, you know, how do we have to pick a number or, um, you know, what do we have to do? So in my mind, I'm thinking if you tell him what you are there for, then they can put you in the line of where you need to be. He said, you know, we don't pay bills here. 
I said, I'm not looking to pay a bill. He said, oh, um, and repairs, you know, you got to make a... I said, I'm really looking here to make a purchase. He said, huh, a purchase. I said, I like to, you know, get a laptop, a Mac, and an iPad. His eyes lit up like he was getting a cut of the bread. So he was like, oh, go right here, right here. This guy right here, he can help you. Because at first he acted like he didn't want help. Like, he won't help me. So I walk over to the young man. I said, excuse me, um, I have a Mac already, but I'm thinking, so he's telling me the year. I'm telling him the year and stuff. And he was like, your thing is brand new. You don't, nah, why waste money? Cool, thank you. I said, and, you know, I have an iPad, and, you know, do I buy it? But y'all don't give service. He said, listen, go through your provider, your your carrier. You know, he said, what do you have, T-Mobile? No, I have ABT&T. He said, oh, they got a a, a good um, sale, a good deal. He was like, you know, and they got the brand new one that just came out. And I said, oh, for real, do tell, do tell. He said, oh, okay. So we go to AT&T, all right? Because I don't need to spend unnecessary money. We go to AT&T. Now, you know, they come with the the little pad to look up your name and your account. You know, Mephedophone, Egon. My account is in good stand, great standing, as the guy said. Um, so we get to AT and T, and you know I see everybody like standing online or whatever. Now AT and T, you can be there for a plethora of reasons: paying your bill, getting new service, getting an iPhone, getting a regular phone. It can be a plethora, or getting your shit prepared, you know, repaired, or just picking up. So the guy was like, um. How can I help you? I said, well, do y'all have any iPads? He said, we only have the new ones. I said, okay, that's why I'm here. He said, oh, but we don't have them in the store. I said, oh, okay, okay. I said, well, I live upstate. Y'all can mail it, right? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they asked for your name, your ID, and your number. And um, he says, oh, you're in great standing. He said, hold on. So... I'm thinking it's going to be because he was talking to somebody else. So I'm thinking, like, damn, I'm the fourth, fifth person. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. It's raining outside. It's cold. I'm taking my ass back home. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the hotel. So when I was ready to walk, I said, you know, never mind. He said, no, 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 you're next. So okay. So the girl comes. And there's a reason why I'm sharing this. She goes, well, you know. You, you want an iPad? Yeah. I said, y'all get the phone number and everything? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, and for you, it's only $78. I said, I was ready to spend $599 that I really didn't have, ain't going to lie, for an iPad. She was like, no, you put down $78. Um, it comes with its own phone number. And, you know, you can, you don't need... Like Wi-Fi, it's already equipped with it. So she was, you know, telling me everything that it was. She was like, and you're in good standing. Like, great. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you. Right? And she said, you know, you can upgrade. You can upgrade your phone. You can upgrade. I said, ma'am, I have, I, I don't really need the 13. Like, I have a Pro Max. And my phone and this phone is the same size. So I'm really not understanding. And these new phones, y'all don't give the headphones, the, the big thing that goes in the wall. Like, y'all just give the plug in the phone. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. So, she was like, and, you know, the Apple Watch, 
I said, I got one already. So I don't need that neither. I said, y'all knew one, even though it takes the EKG, it doesn't call. Right? It doesn't call. If I fall, the phone, I mean, my watch will call 911 and then call my next of kin who I have as my emergency contact. So I'm good. I'm good with what I got. Right? I, I don't need the upgrade. I don't need none of that. So why the ordering it? Okay. Now the people I was with, oh, you must think you a big spender. Oh, and I'm in my head like, shit, I just saved a whole bunch of money. I didn't have to spend that. So back to, you know, people account your pockets and all that. Oh, well, you, you, you know, you must think you're this. Where in my conversation with any one of these people or with anyone around, did it ever seem like I was better than anyone else? Why would I act some other way? So I thought about what Jay-Z said. You know, the course of everything, but the value of nothing. The course of all of these items, materialistic, would have been a nice grip. But the value of it was the customer service, the interaction, to letting me know, ma'am, you don't have to spend that, but you can get this right here. This is what you're looking for. This will help you more. You you have this one. This is an upgrade. This is better. But guess what? Because you're in good standing, you pay your bill on time, you're in good standing, then this is it. This right here is what, and you're only paying this. Well, thank you. How much is the monthly payments? $9.99. Oh, I can deal with that. Your your monthly phone bill won't even be $70. I can deal with that. All righty. Thank you. I love AT&T. And we appreciate you, ma'am. Thank you. So where did, in that conversation, did it say, well, you know, I'm better than you. I'm this. I can't change your perception of me. I can only be who I am. Now, as we're walking, I see some people I haven't seen in a while. Oh, my God, I love you. How are you? Oh, great, I'm great. Hey, hey. Amazing conversation. Oh, you think you know everybody. You're a little, you're a little. I don't think I know everybody. I'm nice to people. I treat people as they treat me. I hope that I make a difference in people's lives because they definitely make a difference in mine. I don't see where there's competition. I'm not your competition. I'm your family. I'm your sister. I'm your, your friend. But when people have to view you in a negative response, the only way you can validate them if you're interacting. I didn't. And that's how I knew that it was growth. So I wind up doing, you know, everything that I set out to do within these five days. And I was very grateful. Now, was it easy? For me, it was. But the ones that I asked to help, they were the ones. The takers, the people that will use you. But in order sometimes to get from A to B, Angel gave me a story, and this hopefully will, will help you understand. Angel gave me a story. 
he was leaving his godparent house. And he had went over to um, the new person that was going to represent him. And the new person told him, listen, you're going to go over there. Pay whatever it is they want. The main objective is to get your stuff. Pay whatever it is. Just as long as they're not disrespecting you, pay it. Whatever they is, get your stuff and move on. Because you don't have to worry about that. So that story came in my head. Here it is. I'm paying for this person to do a service. Charge me double the amount, right? Um, I had to move my stuff from New York to Utica. Myself been sitting in my goddaughter's house for three years. I'm forever grateful that she, you know, kept my stuff. She didn't have to. She could have threw it away, right? So I was forever grateful. So it was sitting there for three years. Now, the first time somebody offered and said, hey, I'll move your stuff. The person that I was talking to, oh, you should have a dude help you. So I was listening to them and I wind up missing that opportunity because of his insecurities. Oh, if you gonna have another man help you, well, you can't help me. You don't have a car. You can't, you can't do, you have no car, you have no money. So this guy said, all I gotta do is pay the tolls and put gas in his car. And he helped me move my stuff. That was three years ago. But, you know, you don't want to make waves. You don't want to argue with nobody. So I was like, I declined, right? Which was the worst thing in my fucking life that I did. But I had to learn this lesson. It was a valuable lesson. Oh, baby, when I tell you it was fucking expensive. But I learned it, right? So because I listened to this person, and you know, when you're in a relationship, you want to, you know, help. you don't want people to be upset or whatever. Listen, come healed. I ain't got time for that. So, and please forgive my voice. I, I lost it from talking and, you know, meeting with people and doing a whole bunch of stuff. I lost my voice. When I came home, when I tell you I ran my body, I ran my body. For real, for real. So, anyway. Um, three years ago, I did that and I declined the offer. So my stuff winds up sitting there for three years, three years, ladies and gentlemen, three years it sat there, right? I know my goddaughter wanted her room back and stuff. So I got my stuff there. So now I come down, now focus, I have an agenda. I, I need to get my stuff from New York to Utica, right? We go over there. I get my cousin to help me. We break down the bags. A lot of stuff I didn't need. I gave my goddaughter a lot of stuff. And it was amazing. Every book that I had, I was like, wow. Every book I opened had money in it. I was like, damn. Was I preparing or something? You know, shit. Like, it was really money in it. Every book, because I was like, well, I'll give us some of these books. Then I was like, wait, let me go through them. Every book I opened, there was money in it. I was like, I don't remember this shit. Like, was I saving? Was I hiding? Was I preparing for a rainy day? Like, okay. So I took the money out. I didn't even count. I was just putting it in the bag. You know, every book I had. And I want to say I had at least maybe 12 or more books. 
And it was money in between. So I just took the money and put it in a bag. I kept the books that, you know, were important to me. I put them there. I had a lot of autograph books from people. All the stuff that, you know, my ex-goddaughter gave me, I gave it to my goddaughter. You know, cleaning supplies, towels and all. I gave that to her. Say, you, you can have that. And, you know, stuff that I got from going to different events and stuff. You know, that they gave me, I gave that to her. I was like, here's some oils, here's some candles, here's all this. Like, you keep that. Because I already have all this stuff, right? So I said, okay, okay. So I packed it up nice and neat, put it in the corner. I found the Aleckis I was born with, the ones I got initiated with, the beautiful set that's made of crystal. So we packed everything. And the next day, we were coming to get it so we could go out to, you, you know, drive to Utica. So, you know, they was like, look, you sit in the car. We know where everything is. We'll go get it. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, there's something missing. There's something missing. No, no, no. We got everything. There's something missing. So we started driving. And in my head, I heard, where my beads? Up, oh, turn this car around. Turn it around. Let's go. So turn it around. My cousin was like, him and my son, because my son was driving. My cousin was like, tell my son, like, you know, are you, you upset? No, no, no. Well, and I, it dawned on me. I said, no, we got to go back. Uh-uh. So this time I get out the car, right? I'm not upset. I'm not arguing. None of that. I get out the car. So I go. We go upstairs. I call my goddaughter. She come and open the door. I go upstairs. He's telling me, nah, maybe it wasn't in the closet. Now, I remember. Everything that was important to me, I put in the closet. Especially that one bag. Because that one bag held my Santo stuff. The stuff I got initiated in. The blanket, the shawl, my beads, all of that. My father's practice pad. All of it was in that one gray bag. I didn't see a gray bag. So when we get up there, it's in the closet. Right there by the wall. I said, I thought it wasn't in the closet. Oh, man, we was. No, see, you wanted to do what you wanted to do. Y'all just wanted to grab anything and run out. So we grabbed the bag. My goddaughter said, yeah, it was here. I said, no, 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 I got it. Grabbed the bag. And my cousin goes, you upset? No, not at all. I got what I want. So I put it in there. I said, let's rock and roll. So we're driving. I said, hey, we need to get something to eat. Oh, you're going to have to wait. you got to. Still kept a cool head. Because, see, I needed that story of angel. Pay whatever. Do whatever. As long as it's not disrespectful to get your stuff. Right? Because I got my stuff. And it's here. My grandsons and them, when we came here for our drive, almost five, four and a half, my grandsons come out, come help me get this stuff. We brung it upstairs, and it was in the center of the floor, and I started unpacking. I had my Menanzas for my Arisha. I said, wow, I had all my stuff. The beads, I had the things that I wanted to give to the Arisha once I, you know, brung them. And I had my Santo stuff, my, my, my bowl, my spoon, my plate, my cup. My blanket, my towel, my shawl. I had all that. And I'm like, wow. 
my original mat that I had with me. And I had got a blue one for you, my yeah. Like, I'm like, I know I had some mad stuff. And I'm like, okay, but I did it. I did it. It wasn't easy. Oh, let me tell you, the company, the the barking orders. Oh, you're going to do it my way. You have to pay me this. You got to do all of that. But I did it. And I thought of the story that Angel shared with me. He said, I paid her I when he was leaving. He said, his, the man told him, he buy it because he passed away. It was never his dad. He said, listen, go over there, pay them whatever. Just do The main thing is to get your stuff. He said he put all his stuff in the car. You know, he was aggravated. He was angry. But he just knew, like, I'm not going to show them that, you know, I'm paying for this. They're not doing me a favor. I'm paying and he was like, he was done. He was like, you know, I was just over it. But he did it. And, you know, the people that he had helping him, they were horrible. And I thought of that. And I was like, wow. Wow. It's amazing to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was amazing. Because... We try to give people second chances or we try to decipher, you know, the the things that people do or say and you offer forgiveness. But some people, they're just, that's just how they are. That's their character. And some people will think they're using you. Oh, you're giving me this. You're doing this. But in reality, they're the ones that's broken with no way of fixing, none whatsoever. I also learned, you know, when you, I, I can't speak for no one else. I can only speak for me. My doing, my, my journey, it says, if you're not happy with a person, you can't be in a make-believe relationship because that person can hurt you. You always have to be honest and upfront. So, like I said, I got out of a relationship, but the person was like, oh, we still in one. So last night, I finally explained to him. I said, when I was a need for you, you'll call me every day. That is no need. You can go weeks without calling someone. Then that person is not important in your life. Something else is. It could be a job, it could be your family, it could be somebody else, whatever it is. I, I, that I don't care about. But don't sit and tell me that, oh, no, I want to be with you. No, you don't. Because if you can go weeks, I ain't talking days, I'm talking weeks without talking to someone. And we only live an hour away. And something else have your attention, young man. And when I say young man, he's older than me. Um, I said, but I want you to be at least honest. Don't lie. Oh, no, I'm going to do better. No, no, no. This is your first time saying this. There's no more. There's no more I'm going to do better. Okay? It's it's done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Go find you someone. Go live your life. You know, there's no hatred. There's no animosity. I don't feel bad for you. I don't want, I don't wish bad on you. I, I want you to have a, a life that you deserve. Like, for real, real talk. I said, because if someone asks me to go out, I'm going out. 
I don't I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to be like, oh wow, I cheated on her. No. I'm telling you, it's over. There's there's nothing else between us. Um, I looked out for you when you needed it. Trust me, it's not gonna happen again. Um, and you know, you're not you're not you're not an evil person. You're just not what I'm looking for, and I'm not what you're looking for. You know, I don't smoke and drink. You you do those things. That's what you are looking for. Um, someone that can smoke with you and someone that, you know, they don't care. I've I, I, I changed my life. So what we did when we was 15, 16, because that's how long I knew him, we're, we're all in our 50s now. We're not doing that no more. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to do better. No, that's a cop-out. Don't make me look at you as you're a liar. Live your life. Live your life. We are on two different wavelengths. We see the world differently. He believes, because this is his parenting and this is how he sees things. And I'm, I'm not mad at him for this, but this is not me. I can't have licking I can't have alcohol in my house. You can't smoke in my house. About that, I took that away from me. Now, some of y'all may say, oh my goodness, no. I'm okay with that, right? So, it, it, I can't have it. He will allow his daughter and her friends, right, to smoke and drink in his house. I'm not allowed. I didn't allow that with my kids when they were living under my roof. Way before I got initiated. I'm not allowing it now. I, I don't live in a, no shade. I don't live in a trap house. I don't live where 16 and 17 year olds can come and chill in my house all day and no one's doing anything. No one's working. I'm busting my ass paying bills and y'all are all sitting here chilling, smoking like we in the trap house. No, no one's, I have to sit in my room. When I come home, I got to sit in my room and watch TV while y'all are partying in my house. Nobody's cleaning no dishes. Nobody's doing none of that. that that's not the life I want, right? I'm not going to overcompensate. And I told him, I said, that's what you're doing because you were in jail most of their lives. So you just feel like, you know, I'm going to let them do anything because I want them to be my friend and like me. Well, that I'm not doing. So I said, listen, live your life. Go and have a beautiful life. And... Be, be at peace. Because tell the truth. This this is not working. Neither one of us. But one of us has to at least damn say, damn, you know, go, man. Go with God. So I did that and I felt so relieved, right? But like I said, over these days, it was just mind-blowing and mind-opening to where, you know, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, hey, I was wrong. It's okay to leave people at arms and limb. It's okay to live the life that you want without someone making you feel guilty. It's okay to do you. It's okay. You don't need an entourage. You don't need to impress anybody. You just need to live your life. Drink your water and mind your business. That's it at the end of the day. And know that half of those people that sat there, belittled you, betrayed you, did all of that. Lives are just fucked up. So it's okay. It's okay. But I was grateful for this spur-the-moment trip. 
I was grateful for this eye-opening. I was grateful to be able to just say, no, this is for me. This is, this is my journey. I, this is what I prepared for. This is what I set out for. This is what I worked my ass for. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. You know, my father and them used to always say, pay yourself first. I understand that when I was younger. I understand it now. You know, so it is what it is at the end of the day. But I'm very grateful for the lessons I learned over these past five days. But I will say the most important lesson I learned was forgiveness. Forgiveness. My father, a person, my father made records. And he made one record for my mom. And I, somebody gave it to me as a gift. And my father had an engraved flag when he passed. These were all sentimental, but they were, you know, something that I had to remember. A lot of pictures. Well, one of my family members just recently told me, oh, it's going, deal with it. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> I had to laugh. I did. And at that moment, it hurt. But then I heard my dad said, you got something that none of them will ever have. You got memories and you had love beyond. Even in the grave, I still love you. The one thing I always kept was my father's original drumsticks and his practice pad. That I never let no one hold. And I remember the family member was like, leave it, leave it. I was like, nope, taking that. So I put it in my suitcase. So when I opened it up, there it was. And I had to laugh and say, I had this. Those things, yeah, they were. They were very sentimental. But I had the experience. So I'm telling you this so you can remember. Learn lessons. Stay on your grind. Love yourself more than anything. Don't allow people's opinions and what they feel or say to dictate your life. And above all, have faith in you and the spirits that walk with you. Trust me, you will not go wrong with that. And I'm out. Catch me tonight on Get Mug Monday. I love y'all. Thank you.
my voice is going. Ah, gather round, gather round, gather round. Welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. This is Efra Bayo. Grab a seat, cop a squat, get your chair, get some tea, some juice, some water. Shit, it's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. My voice is going because I just got back home. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, what happens when you talk and you are running and ripping and, you know, you're trying to do everything and to get things prepared. I learned some beautiful lessons while I was going. I came to New York. It was a spur of the moment. I had something I had to start and do. And while I was there, I got to sit with family, blood family, my brothers, spoke to my sister, chilled with my cousin, and I got to learn, see, and I will say I grew, I matured, right? I, um, I learned, the first lesson I learned is as long as you're doing for people and you don't set healthy boundaries, people will use you. And you allow it, right? You allow it. I learned that faith without works is dead. You can believe, you know, within the, the, the very morals in your bone that this will take place. But you have to believe it, but you got to work on it too. God, I believe in you. Reach out, I believe in you. Echo, and I believe in you. But you just can't sit there and watch Netflix and chill saying, okay, they're going to do it. No, you got to walk into it like it's already there. Now, there's no time frame. It can take you a year, two years, three years, eight years. But you got to put the work in. And it got to be consistent. So I knew that, you know how you want something so bad. You want it so much. You want it more than breathing. But you never gave up. Even when you hit brick walls, you either go around it, go over it, go through it, go on top of it. However, but you don't sit there and cry and bang your head. Oh, it's always something. It's always something. It's always something. I learned to rely on spirit. Rely on your ego or whatever name or, or entity that guides you. I learned to rely on them. I learned that what people place in front of you or here on social media, how everybody have it all together, is a crock of shit. <laughs> no one likes to air their dirty laundry. Because they think it's a sign of weakness or somebody's quick to be in somebody's inbox. Yeah, the work I did, it's, it's manifesting. I said they're going to lose everything. No, it's the choices and the bad choices that someone made. They get sick because if you're in the shower, you rush out, you're not properly dry, then that cold air getting your pores. You're going to catch the flu. You're going to catch a cold. Relationships sucked. You knew you weren't supposed to be with them. So you wind up breaking up. You somewhere along the line, somebody bust you in the head, and now you see this nigga, oh, this girl ain't for me. 
They're using me. So you move on. Oh, I did voodoo. That's why they broke up. No, it wasn't right. That's why they broke up. But see, people will perceive that they know everything. They got it all in the bag. Everybody jealous of them, all of that. In reality, they miserable. They just don't want to share that. They don't want to own that. People don't want to take accountability for their life. So, okay. <laughs> but they put it on social media. Now, I remember chick I know, Karen Curry. I'll tell you, I like to say names. Online, she lived, you would think she lives a beautiful life. She lives in a mansion. She has a man that loves her. A beautiful life. She's always traveling. Oh, man, that's beautiful. In reality, she lives in a basement. She sits there with the milk carton, taking pictures, because the milk carton handle looks like a airplane window. Be outside in the backyard, throwing up little things here and there from the 99 cent store. You would think she's all over the place. She's in Dubai. She's here. She ain't never left her backyard. But if you don't know that, you will try to mimic your life behind that. Oh, well, she's traveling. I know I can travel. The competition, all of that. When she ain't going nowhere, she ain't got two nickels to rub together. I laugh when people, when I talk to people and they go, yeah, you see such and such, they live. You can't compete with a scammer, a thief. You can't compete with a liar. You're going to lose. You're going to be like them. They don't even have that. They ain't never go nowhere. Flying to Florida. Listen, y'all, let me give y'all a wake-up call. Flying to Florida is not traveling at all. Flying to Georgia is not traveling. You drive there. Go across the water. Do that. Impress me. Go to the libraries. Do, do something out of the ordinary. Challenge yourself. Do that. But just going to Florida or going to, to Atlanta, okay. I done been to both. All right. Okay. Going to Vegas. Go go somewhere. You know, but don't make, oh, I don't catch feelings. I take flights to where? To where? It, it amazes me. So I learned over these five days that folks will talk trash about you and drag you. That saying is true. I learned that over these five days. The very folks that dog you out, the very folks that want to talk about you, that want to uh, publicly embarrass you and humil humiliate you, their lives is shit. Shit. Their lives are shit. But we are so caught up in, oh, I can't believe they would say that. But when you sit back and you wait, because see, God, spirit, whatever you want to label, will remove that curtain so you can see. I was told, how can you teach? You don't know nothing. Oh, she don't know anything. She doesn't know nothing. So then show me what you got. So I didn't indulge. But then the truth of the matter. If I build a house, I have to build it 
on brick. Because I want a stern foundation. You don't build the house from the roof down. You build it from the floor up. That foundation has to be strong. That foundation should be built on trust, honesty, communication, truth, consistency, discipline. It has to be built that way. See, I remember sitting with my ex-husband. We was watching them build the house. It was over going toward Cambridge Heights. They broke the whole thing down, right? Broke everything down. And I'm sitting there, so I'm, you know, because I never built a house. So I'm sitting there, and now you're seeing it. I'm seeing it. We were in um, the restaurant, and we're watching this. We had a beautiful seat where we could see it. So I asked him, why are they tearing it down? He said, well, they got to tear all that down because they have to rebuild it. So whatever the reason why they turn it down, maybe, you know, it's not. See, it's different when you want to add on a room. That's a different whole conversation. They wanted a whole new house. So he said it's different, right? I said, well, I would assume because it was all concrete, right? When they first tore it down, he said, well, maybe when they rebuilding it, they want a basement. Right. And I said, well, what they got to do? He said, well, first they got to dig. But before they do that, they have to make sure that there's no pipes and no no things that will block or hurt the block, the the area that's surrounding the house. So they have to dig down there and they got to dig through that cement and make sure that the dirt is sustainable. They put the beams and stuff. And he said, you see that beam right there? I said, yeah. He said, that's the beam that holds everything, right? That's the beam that makes, that's the main beam. That's what we gonna call it. Cause he had called it a word, but you know. So I'm watching them, they digged in the ground. So he said, everything is good. They, they, got, the, they got the gold, they got the green light. So you saw them, you know, carving it out. And then, so I watched the main part, right? So they carved it out. You saw them dig in with the big yellow truck, like with the spoon. That's what I call it. He had a name for it. But I'm telling you, the big yellow truck with the big spoon, they dig in the dirt and pull it out. Okay. I said, well, why are they not putting all the dirt in the truck? He said, because they're going to need some of it. I said, oh, okay, okay. So that's beautiful. So... Right. So now I'm I'm putting it in so I can relate it to the conversation. So usually they was digging it out and they put it in a big truck and they was putting the dirt in it. But then I noticed the man was digging and the deeper that he dig, that's that red dirt. And I said, oh, I want some of that. He said, well, they, you know, we watching until the end. Maybe we'll go and get some. But we never went and got none. So he digged it out, and he was putting that rich soil, not the top one. They was digging, and he put that rich soil, he put that to the side. Now, for us, that rich soil, we use it to clean our skin. And, baby, it makes your skin feel good, look good, right? So he was digging, I'm going to say, in the center, right? So they was had the machine doing the cement. So I said, they're going to cement the whole thing? He said, watch, just watch. So I seen where, you know, they expanded it, and... It looked like it was a room, right? But it wasn't. I said, okay. He said, that's the foundation. So I'm assuming that that foundation was the concrete, but it wasn't. 
So they, they put that there and then they started, while that was in the hole and drying or whatever, they started building around it at the top. They was placing the boards down. And I said, well, what's that? You know, he said, now they're building the foundation that's going to stand up for that one, for the hole in the bottom. I said, okay, okay. All right. Then I noticed the dirt that he kept. They mixed it with the sand, that big old round tube that they were spending and the water and all of that, right? The mixer, what I'm going to call it. And they used some of that dirt with the sand. I said, okay, that's interesting. I said, so why are they using that? He said, the structure. He said, that's the structure. That's going to be the floor or the main part. So I said, oh, wow. I said, that's kind of cool because, you know, the core of this house is still a part of this new house. It's It may be a new building, but it's an old soul, right? So I said, oh, okay, I can get with that. I can get with that. So as they was building, you know, they were, they were, the, I guess the person that was the owner of the house was standing with the foreman and they had came in the restaurant to get something to eat. And, you know, they were sitting in there and part of me wanted to talk to them and be like, you know, why are you, first of all, I'm looking at how this house is, you know, the foundation. Why you want to build this over in South Jamaica, you know, is beyond me. But hey, we all got our reasons. And the strip that you're building it on next to a school, okay, but this is going to be a beautiful house surrounded around all these little ugly houses. So my ex-husband said something that was amazing. He said, I guarantee you, when this house get built, all of the surrounding houses are going to start changing. Either people are going to buy it up or people are going to start investing. All you need is one to make that difference, and it becomes like a chain reaction, a domino effect, so to say. And so, you know, we left. A few weeks later, you saw the frame of the house, the bars, the the, the metal, all of that, you know, and he was like, yeah, now they're getting to the soul, the bones of the house, you know. But what was funny and amazing the house next door on the left side and the house next door on the right side. They had new windows, new doors. One of them put up an extra new fence. Um, it was in the summer. So who the house on the left was planting flowers and stuff. You know, and he said, I told you. He said, now watch. All of this area is going to start changing. All because of this one house. Every house around or every building, every establishment it's going to change. It's going to, it, you know, it's like like a domino effect. And I said, wow, that's amazing, you know. So over this five days, I remembered that story. Over this five days, that was known, right? I'm not a bully. I'm not a thug. You know what I'm saying? I ain't running around and had, but I can hold my own. But, you know, everybody is the reaction. You know, you, you, if there's two people and you're having a disagreement and one of y'all become very aggressive, then the other one becomes aggressive because it becomes survival of the fittest, right? Self-preservation is real. But I noticed that whenever someone became aggressive, I still kept that 
keep it calm, hold your head, relax, you know, hold your peace, set your boundaries. And it became like a domino effect. I'll give you an example. Me, my cousin, and my brother was eating. And, you know, the conversation was getting a little too much. And I was like, okay, at the end of the day, what's the solution? And they weren't used to hearing that. So it was, oh, shit. You know, now something to think about. And then we, we walked down. We was talking of all the areas we grew up in and everything. And I ran into my god brother. His crown is going to be about to lie. And, you know, we introduced, we said our greetings and everything. And we walked off. And my cousin was like, you know, wow, you changed. My brother, you know, he was like, yeah, my little sister done grew up. So everywhere we went, it was a, a, a very calm, relaxing time. So then we went, I went and got my nails done, Right. And then I went and saw a friend of mine. We all in. Shout out to them. And my brother came in. And I love Chris and them for this. Man, blessings to them. Made a made a their establishment, their company, their brand just grow, right? And I love supporting black businesses. So they on Jamaica Avenue, right? We all in. So I went in there and I brought Didi a sweatsuit. Um and my brother came in with my cousin. I was like, yo, this is where we at. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't buy nothing in here. Like, nah. And I'm looking at my brother like, I, I can't even argue with you because you, you don't even have a social media. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you stuck in your way. All right. So then I said, hey, pick out a shirt. You know, I got you. I don't wear nothing in here until you saw the price. Oh, 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 oh. Because my brother used to pay in three or $4 shirts. So the price, I said, pick, you know. So Chris was like, okay, right? But they didn't take offense to that. So we brought the shirt, and he was like, yeah, you know, I never heard. I said, nah, they, you know, they're known. Like, he started from the basement of selling shirts and going to different stores, the coastline, and to now, you know, they in videos, they did interviews at the radio station, like they're all in different stores. I'm really proud of their grow up, right? Their come up. Consistency works. Oh, oh, word. I said, every video you see damn near, you see a we all in shirt. Like all the stars be there. You got a beautiful grand opening, but it was snowing, so I couldn't come down. Of course, I would have been there. So when he was walking, right, me just telling him, oh, okay, okay. When he was walking, now he's seeing all the jackets and everything, we all in. He was like, oh, so yeah, this supposed to be a good brand. This supposed to be. So my cousin looked, was like, oh, okay, okay. So then I'm like, wow, I'm happy for the growth in myself. So we wind up, you know, my brother went back to the Bronx. So my cousin hanged out with me for a little bit until my son came. And then they he showed him where to go. Now my cousin, this is the first time in 40-something years being in New York. He's from Aitman, Louisiana. So sometimes we forget, right? And this is where I learned accountability and being an adult and knowing when you're wrong. 
So we're both telling him how to get to the Bronx. Oh, you take the this train uptown, you go here. You know, when we talk, we sound like, you know, we yelling at people, but it's just the way we talk. So, and it's, it's no offense. So my son said, y'all do know he's never been up here. There's no mass transit in Louisiana. It's Cajun. It's the bayou, bro. It's driving. It's not even a bus out there. You got to drive or you're walking. So here it is. He's in a big city where it's mass transit, uptown, downtown. He doesn't know that. Remember when y'all came and was in the city and y'all had to learn how to get around. So you have to show him and talk to him so he can understand. So he downloaded the app of how, you know, the trains and stuff and how to walk, you know, go left, go right. So I'm thinking, and I'm like, damn, that's right. That's right. To be corrected, not embarrassed, but be corrected. So I called my cousin. I said, listen, I'm the first one to apologize, especially when I'm wrong. I said, you're right. You've never been in this city, right? And the last time you were here, you were three years old. You're 40-something years old. It's been 40-something years since you've been in New York. I can't just automatically think you're going to get it. I can't. And I apologize, but wherever you go or however, keep your phone fully charged and call one of us so we can walk you through it or go to someone that is in a uniform and ask or go to the little booth with the glass. This right here. So I showed them. I said, you ask them and they'll guide and direct you. Okay. I said, but I apologize. We're here. He said, no, nah, cause it's okay. It's no, it's not okay. You know, I'm letting you know that I can't talk to you like I'm talking to someone that lived in New York for years or they already know. No, baby, that's not how this work. You know, you got you. You're going to learn up, down, downtown, uh, the uh, southeast. That's the east side. That's the west side. And it's going to come with trial and error. I just don't want you because you're a black man. I don't want you to get somewhere in the wrong place and you get hurt. So. You know, we, we have to make sure you check the signs, you see, you pull it up on the app and it'll let you know right where you are. So, but keep your phone always on charge fully. He said, okay, okay, okay. So I learned that over the five days. I learned forgiveness, not for the person, but for myself. I learned that material things come and go. Memories last forever. I learned that to follow your first mind and it won't lead you wrong. I learned that people would rather see the bad in you and hope for the bad before they see anything good in you. I've learned that honesty and communication is amazing when it's amongst two adults. Right? That are healing or trying to heal. You can't have a conversation with someone that still wants to live in mess. It won't come across. So I stayed in a hotel on Jamaica Avenue, one of the new hotels they opened. Cool hotel. They party like a motherfucker every night. So if you're looking for a hotel where you know you ain't going to get no sleep, 
Jamaica Avenue, the new ones, because they party like rock stars until. So I assume that uh, from the hours of 10, when the night staff go and the overnight clerk is there, because he ain't going to leave that box for safety reasons, first and foremost, till 6 in the morning before the staff come in, they party all night. And I'm talking about all goddamn night. So, if you were looking for a hotel where you think you're going to get peace and quiet, nothing on Jamaica Avenue is going to help you. I'm not going to lie. But I, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It was the last spur of the moment. You know, I didn't know this was all the holiday weekend and spring break and all of that. Didn't know that. But, you know, you live and learn. My kids are grown. I don't need to know about spring break. So, live and learn. Um, but it was convenient with everything. So, I was really happy about that. Um, I learned never judge a book by its cover. I learned to sit with your elders. Don't, don't wander. Sit with your elders and learn. See, knowledge is key. And the more you learn, the less people can get over on you. That is fact. I learned... And this was all over these five days. Each day, it was either one or two lessons that I learned. And I'm forever grateful for it. And it was all in the confines of me just being around my family. I learned that the world doesn't revolve around you. If you die today or tomorrow, the sun's still going to shine and set. Nothing stops. Make the most of your life today. I learned that people will count your pockets, especially your family. Money, you know when the pastors say money is the root of all evil. Nah, money ain't got nothing to do with it. Thirsty broke people. Or people that only think you owe them something. Or them them takers, so to speak. They don't have a problem with that. I learned that there's some good people in the world. Honest, good, straightforward. But we don't focus on them. We focus on the ugly and the bad. We focus on that. I was in uh, the uh, Apple Store on Queens Boulevard. And, you know, people would judge you by your looks, your appearance. So I was trying to ask the guard, you know, security guard in there, how can I get service, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something. I do know this. People will judge you by the way you look. And without them understanding, right? <laughs> so let me let me share this with you real quick. We go in the Apple store. I got on a head wrap. Matter of fact, yeah, I had on a head wrap. You know, I'm dressed decent. And my son has his, you know, his hat on, jacket. Okay. I walk up to the security. I said, you know, how do we have to pick a number or, um, you know, what do we have to do? So in my mind, I'm thinking, if you tell him what you are there for, then they can put you in the line of where you need to be. He said, you know, we don't pay bills here. 
said, I'm not looking to pay a bill. He said, oh, um, and repairs, you know, you got to make a... I said, I'm really looking here to make a purchase. He said, huh, a purchase. I said, I like to, you know, get a laptop, a Mac, and an iPad. His eyes lit up like he was getting a cut of the bread. So he was like, oh, go right here, right here. This guy right here, he can help you. Because at first he acted like he didn't want help. Like he didn't want help me. So I walk over to the young man. I said, excuse me, um, I have a Mac already, but I'm thinking, so he's telling me the year. I'm telling him the year and stuff. And he was like, yep, thing is brand new. You don't, yeah, why waste money? Cool, thank you. I said, and, you know, I have an iPad, and, you know, do I buy it? But y'all don't give service. He said, listen, go through your provider, your your carrier. You know, he said, what do you have, T-Mobile? No, I have abt and He said, oh, they got a a, a good um, sale, a good deal. He was like, you know, and they got the brand new one that just came out. And I said, oh, for real, do tell, do tell. He said, oh, okay. So we go to at and all right, because... I don't need to spend unnecessary money. We go to AT&T. Now, you know, they come with the the little pad to look up your name and your account. You know, my account is in good stand, great standing, as the guy said. Um, so we get to AT&T and, you know, I see everybody like standing online or whatever. Now, AT&T, you can be there for a plethora of reasons. Paying bill, getting new service, getting an iPhone, getting a regular phone. It could be a plethora. Or getting your shit prepared, you know, repaired or just picking up. So the guy was like, um, how can I help you? I said, well, do y'all have any iPads? He said, we only have new ones. I said, okay, that's why I'm here. He said, oh, but we don't have them in the store. I said, oh, okay, okay. I said, well, I live upstate. Y'all can mail it, right? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they ask for your name, your ID, and your number. And um, he says, oh, you're in great standing. He said, hold on. So I'm thinking it's going to be, because he was talking to somebody else. So I'm thinking, like, damn, I'm the fourth, fifth person. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. It's raining outside. It's cold. I'm taking my ass back home. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the hotel. So when I was ready to walk, I said, you know, never mind. He said, no, 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 you're next. So oh, okay. So the girl comes. And there's a reason why I'm sharing this. She goes, well, you know, you, you want an iPad? Yeah. I said, y'all get the phone number and everything? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, and for you, it's only $78. I said, I was ready to spend $599 that I really didn't have, ain't going to lie, for an iPad. She was like, no, you put down $78. Um, it comes with its own phone number and, you know, you can, you don't need like Wi-Fi. It's already equipped with it. So she was, you know, telling me everything that it was. She was like, and you're in good standings, like great. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Right. And she said, you know, you can upgrade, you can upgrade your phone. You can upgrade. I said, ma'am, I have, I, I don't really need the 13. Like I have a Pro Max and my phone and this phone is the same size. So I'm really not understanding. And these new phones, y'all don't give the headphones, the the big thing that goes in the wall. Like y'all just give the plug in the phone. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. So she was like, and you know, the Apple Watch, 
I said, I got one already, so I don't need that neither. I said, y'all know one, even though it takes the EKG, it doesn't call, right? It doesn't call. If I fall, the phone, I mean, my watch will call 911 and then call my next of kin who I have as my emergency contact. So I'm good. I'm good with what I got, right? I, I don't need to upgrade. I don't need none of that. So why them ordering it? Okay. Now, the people I was with, oh, you must think you a big spender. Oh, and I'm in my head like, shit, I just saved a whole bunch of money. I didn't have to spend that. So back to, you know, people account your pockets and all that. Oh, well, you, you, you know, you must think you're this. Where in my conversation with any one of these people or with anyone around, did it ever seem like I was better than anyone else? Why would I act some other way? So I thought about what Jay-Z said. You know, the course of everything, but the value of nothing. The course of all of these items, materialistic, would have been a nice grip. But the value of it was the customer service, the interaction, to letting me know, ma'am, you don't have to spend that, but you can get this right here. This is what you're looking for. This will help you more. You, you have this one. This is an upgrade. This is better. But guess what? Because you're in good standing, you pay your bill on time, you're in good standing, then this is it. This right here is what, and you're only paying this. Well, thank you. How much is the monthly payments? $9.99. Oh, I can deal with that. Your your monthly phone bill won't even be $70. I can deal with that. All righty. Thank you. I love AT&T. And we appreciate you, ma'am. Thank you. So where did, in that conversation, did it say, well, you know, I'm better than you. I'm this. I can't change your perception of me. I can only be who I am. Now, as we are walking, I see some people I haven't seen in a while. Oh, my God, I love you. How are you? Oh, great, I'm great. Hey, hey. Amazing conversation. Oh, you think you know everybody. Your little, your little. I don't think I know everybody. I'm nice to people. I treat people as they treat me. I hope that I make a difference in people's lives because they definitely make a difference in mine. I don't see where there's competition. I'm not your competition. I'm your family. I'm your sister. I'm your, your friend. But when people have to view you in a negative response, the only way you can validate them if you're interacting. I didn't. And that's how I knew that it was growth. So I wind up doing, you know, everything that I set out to do within these five days. And I was very grateful. Now, was it easy? For me, it was. But the ones that I asked to help, they were the ones. The takers. The people that will use you. But in order sometimes to get from A to B. Angel gave me a story, and this hopefully will, will help you understand. Angel gave me a story. 
he was leaving his godparent house. And he had went over to um, the new person that was going to represent him. And the new person told him, listen, you're going to go over there. Pay whatever it is they want. The main objective is to get your stuff. Pay whatever it is. Just as long as they're not disrespecting you, pay it. Whatever it is, get your stuff and move on. Because you don't have to worry about that. So that story came in my head. Here it is. I'm paying for this person to do a service. Charge me double the amount, right? Um, I had to move my stuff from New York to Utica. Myself been sitting in my God's daughter's house for three years. I'm forever grateful that she, you know, kept my stuff. She didn't have to. She could have threw it away, right? So I was forever grateful. So it was sitting there for three years. Now, the first time somebody offered and said, hey, I'll move your stuff. The person that I was talking to, oh, you should have a dude help you. So I was listening to them and I wind up missing that opportunity because of his insecurities. Oh, if you gonna have another man help you, well, you can't help me. You don't have a car. You can't, you can't do, you have no car, you have no money. So this guy said, all I gotta do is pay the tolls and put gas in his car. And he helped me move my stuff. That was three years ago. But, you know, you don't want to make waves. You don't want to argue with nobody. So I was like, I declined, right? Which was the worst thing in my fucking life that I did. But I had to learn this lesson. It was a valuable lesson. Oh, baby, when I tell you it was fucking expensive. But I learned it, right? So because I listened to this person, and you know, when you're in a relationship, you want to, you know, help, you don't want people to be upset or whatever. Listen, come healed. I ain't got time for that. So, and please forgive my voice. I, I lost it from talking and, you know, meeting with people and doing a whole bunch of stuff. I lost my voice. When I came home, when I tell you I ran my body, I ran my body. For real, for real. So, anyway. Um, three years ago, I did that and I declined the offer. So my stuff winds up sitting there for three years, three years, ladies and gentlemen, three years it sat there, right? I know my goddaughter wanted her room back and stuff. So I got my stuff there. So now I come down, now focus, I have an agenda. I, I need to get my stuff from New York to Utica, right? We go over there. I get my cousin to help me. We break down the bags. A lot of stuff I didn't need. I gave my goddaughter a lot of stuff. And it was amazing. Every book that I had, I was like, wow. Every book I opened had money in it. I was like, damn. Was I preparing or something? You know, shit. Like, it was really money in it. Every book, because I was like, well, I'll give us some of these books. Then I was like, wait, let me go through them. Every book I opened, there was money in it. I was like, I don't remember this shit. Like, was I saving? Was I hiding? Was I preparing for a rainy day? Like, okay. So I took the money out. I didn't even count. I was just putting it in the bag. You know, every book I had. And I want to say I had at least maybe 12 or more books. 
And it was money in between. So I just took the money and put it in a bag. I kept the books that, you know, were important to me. I put them there. I had a lot of autograph books from people. All the stuff that, you know, my ex-goddaughter gave me, I gave it to my goddaughter. You know, cleaning supplies, towels and all. I gave that to her. Say, so you can have that. And, you know, stuff that I got from going to different events and stuff, you know, that they gave me, I gave that to her. I was like, here's some oils, here's some candles, here's all this. Like, you can keep that. Because I already have all this stuff, right? So I said, okay, okay. So I packed it up nice and neat, put it in the corner. I found the Aleckis I was born with, the ones I got initiated with, the beautiful set that's made of crystal. So we packed everything. And the next day, we were coming to get it so we could go out to, you you know, drive to Utica. So, you know, they was like, look, you sit in the car. We know where everything is. We'll go get it. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, there's something missing. There's something missing. No, no, no. We got everything. There's something missing. So we started driving. And in my head, I heard, where my beads? Up, oh, turn this car around. Turn it around. Let's go. So turning around, my cousin was like, him and my son, because my son was driving. My cousin was like, telling my son, like, you know, are you, you upset? No, no, no. Well, and I, it dawned on me. I said, no, we got to go back. Uh-uh. So this time, I get out the car, right? I'm not upset. I'm not arguing. None of that. I get out the car. So I go. We go upstairs. I call my goddaughter. She come and open the door. I go upstairs. He's telling me, Nah, maybe it wasn't in the closet. Now, I remember everything that was important to me, I put in the closet. Especially that one bag, because that one bag held my Santo stuff. The stuff I got initiated in. The blanket, the shawl, my beads, all of that. My father's practice pad, all of it was in that one gray bag. I didn't see a gray bag. So when we get up there, it's in the closet, right there by the wall. I said, I thought it wasn't in the closet. Ah, oh, man, we was... No, see, you wanted to do what you wanted to do. Y'all just wanted to grab anything and run out. So we grabbed the bag. My goddaughter said, yeah, it was here. I said, no, 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 I got it. Grab the bag. And my cousin goes, you upset? No, not at all. I got what I want. So I put it in there. I said, let's rock and roll. So we're driving. I said, hey, we need to get something to eat. Oh, you're going to have to wait. you got to still kept a cool head. Because, see, I needed that story of Angel. Pay whatever. Do whatever. As long as it's not disrespectful to get your stuff. Right? Because I got my stuff. And it's here. My grandsons and them, when we came here, it's a four-hour drive. Almost five. Four and a half. My grandsons come out, come help me get this stuff. We bring it upstairs, and it was in the center of the floor, and I started unpacking. I had my Menanzas for my Arisha. I said, wow, I had all my stuff. The beads, I had the things that I wanted to give to the Arisha once I, you know, bring them. And I had my Santo stuff, my, my, my bowl, my spoon, my plate, my cup, my blanket, my towel, my shawl. I had all that. And I'm like, wow, 
my original mat that I had with me. And I had got a blue one for Yamaya. Like, I'm like, I know I had some mad stuff. And I'm like, okay, but I did it. I did it. It wasn't easy. Oh, let me tell you, the company, the the barking orders. Oh, you're going to do it my way. You have to pay me this. You got to do all of that. But I did it. And I thought of the story that Angel shared with me. He said, I paid her I when he was leaving. He said, his the man told him, he buy it because he passed away. It was never his dad. He said, listen, go over there. Pay them whatever. Just do it. The main thing is to get your stuff. He said he put all his stuff in the car. You know, he was aggravated. He was angry. But he just knew, like, I'm not going to show them that, you know, I'm paying for this. They're not doing me a favor. I'm paying. And he was like, he was done. He was like, you know, I was just over it. But he did it. And, you know, the people that he had helping him, they were horrible. And I thought of that, and I was like, wow, wow. It's amazing to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was amazing because we try to give people second chances or we try to decipher, you know, the, the things that people do or say, and you offer forgiveness. But some people, they're just, that's just how they are. That's their character. And some people will think they're using you. Oh, wow, you're giving me this. You're doing this. But in reality, they're the ones that's broken with no way of fixing. None whatsoever. I also learned, you know, when you... I, I can't speak for no one else. I can only speak for me. My doing my my journey, it says, if you're not happy with a person, you can't be in a make-believe relationship because that person can hurt you. You always have to be honest and upfront. So, like I said, I got out of a relationship. But the person was like, oh, we're still in one. So, last night, I finally explained to him. I said... When I was a need for you, you'll call me every day. That is no need. You can go weeks without calling someone. Then that person is not important in your life. Something else is. It could be a job. It could be your family. It could be somebody else. Whatever it is. I, I, that I don't care about. But don't sit and tell me that, oh, no, I want to be with you. No, you don't. Because if you can go weeks, I ain't talking days. I'm talking weeks without talking to someone. And we only live an hour away. And something else have your attention, young man. And when I say young man, he's older than me. Um, I said, but I want you to be at least honest. Don't lie. Oh, no, I'm going to do better. No, no, no. This is your first time saying this. There's no more. There's no more I'm going to do better. Okay? It's, it's done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Go find you someone. Go live your life. You know, there's no hatred. There's no animosity. I don't feel bad for you. I don't want, I don't wish bad on you. I, I want you to have a, a life that you deserve. Like, for real, real talk. I said, because if someone asks me to go out, I'm going out. 
I don't I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to be like, oh, I cheated on her. No, I'm telling you, it's over. There's, there's nothing else between us. Um, I looked out for you when you needed it. Trust me, it's not gonna happen again. Um, and you know, you're not you're not you're not an evil person. You're just not what I'm looking for, and I'm not what you're looking for. You know, I don't smoke and drink. You you do those things. That's what you are looking for. Um, someone that can smoke with you and someone that, you know, they don't care. It, I, 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 I've changed my life. So what we did when we was 15, 16, because that's how long I knew him. We're, we're all in our 50s now. We're not doing that no more. Oh, well, you know. I'm, I'm going to try to do better. No, that's a cop-out. Don't make me look at you as you're a liar. Live your life. Live your life. We are on two different wavelengths. We see the world differently. He believes, because this is his parenting and this is how he sees things. And I'm, I'm not mad at him for this, but this is not me. I can't have licking, I can't have alcohol in my house. You can't smoke in my house. About that, I took that away from me. Now, some of y'all may say, oh my goodness, no, I'm okay with that, right? So, it, it, I can't have it. He will allow his daughter and her friends, right, to smoke and drink in his house. I'm not allowed, I didn't allow that with my kids when they were living under my roof. Way before I got initiated. I'm not allowing it now. I, I don't live in the, no shade, I don't live in the trap house. I don't live where 16 and 17 year olds can come and chill in my house all day and no one's doing anything. No one's working. I'm busting my ass paying bills and y'all are all sitting here chilling, smoking like we in the trap house. No. No one's, I have to sit in my room. When I come home, I got to sit in my room and watch TV while y'all are partying in my house. Nobody's cleaning no dishes. Nobody's doing none of that. that that's not the life I want, right? I'm not going to overcompensate. And I told him, I said, that's what you're doing because you were in jail most of their lives. So you just feel like, you know, I'm going to let them do anything because I want them to be my friend and like me. Well, that I'm not doing. So I said, listen, live your life. Go and have a beautiful life. And... Be, be at peace. Because tell the truth. This this is not working. Neither one of us. But one of us has to at least damn say, damn, you know, go, man. Go with God. So I did that and I felt so relieved, right? But uh, like I said, over these days, it was just mind-blowing and mind-opening to where, you know, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, hey, I was wrong. It's okay to leave people at arms and limb. It's okay to live the life that you want without someone making you feel guilty. It's okay to do you. It's okay. You don't need an entourage. You don't need to impress anybody. You just need to live your life. Drink your water and mind your business. That's it at the end of the day. And know that half of those people that sat there, belittled you, betrayed you, did all of that. Lives are just fucked up. So it's okay. It's okay. But I was grateful for this spur-the-moment trip. 
I was grateful for this eye-opening. I was grateful to be able to just say, no, this is for me. This is, this is my journey. I, this is what I prepared for. This is what I set out for. This is what I worked my ass for. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. You know, my father and them used to always say, pay yourself first. I understand that when I was younger. I understand it now. You know, so it is what it is at the end of the day. But I'm very grateful for the lessons I learned over these past five days. But I will say the most important lesson I learned was forgiveness. Forgiveness. My father, a person, my father made records. And he made one record for my mom. And I, somebody gave it to me as a gift. And my father had a engraved flag when he passed. These were all sentimental, but they were, you know, something that I had to remember. A lot of pictures. Well, one of my family members just recently told me, oh, it's going, deal with it. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> I had to laugh. I did. And at that moment, it hurt. But then I heard my dad say, you got something that none of them will ever have. You got memories and you had love beyond. Even in the grave, I still love you. The one thing I always kept was my father's original drumsticks and his practice pad. That I never let no one hold. And I remember the family member was like, leave it, leave it. I was like, nope, taking that. So I put it in my suitcase. So when I opened it up, there it was. And I had to laugh and say, I had this. Those things, yeah, they were. They were very sentimental. But I had the experience. So I'm telling you this so you can remember. Learn lessons. Stay on your grind. Love yourself more than anything. Don't allow people's opinions and what they feel or say to dictate your life. And above all, have faith in you and the spirits that walk with you. Trust me, you will not go wrong with that. And I'm out. Catch me tonight on Get Mug Monday. I love y'all. Thank you.